It's the Rotten Retro Time Machine! Whatever, mate. Welcome back to the Rotten Retro Time Machine. I did my research this week. I've now, now, now learned the title of the podcast. Well, well, well remembered. I do, I've just got to remember uh, your names and then... Um, then your uh, own my, name. Yeah, and a, a job on the BBC beckons, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 2004, we've landed on 2004, a, a mythical land where, um, if my research is anything to go by, nothing happened. But... <laughs> Add up to the depth of your research. Or is it a quick flick through your through your social diary? I think it was a tough year. At one point, I was looking at it, and it's the UN year of rice. I thought. <laughs> so I thought, what can I do with that? <laughs> well, yeah, actually, Oil you it. can do quite a lot with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put it in the microwave for two minutes in a bag. So every every time rice is involved in something, and I've, I haven't got any rice material, but it, it was just an observation, I suppose. It was like, didn't do Seinfeld any harm, did it? But every, <laughs> every every time uh, rice is involved in something, there is some sort of disaster, in my opinion. Like it, t- tonight, tonight I had some rice, and I thought this this was actually I blame my own theory here that. There's nothing wrong. Then stood up and looked down my white shirt and it was covered in soy sauce. <laughs> so, I don't, anyway, <laughs> if anybody's got any interesting rice stories, we'd <laughs> love to hear. I know, you, I know what you mean about I know what you mean about rice being being the, the, the food of the damned. I mean, I had some I had some last night as well, and I dropped a dropped a grain on the floor. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure I can get over it. <laughs> I'm trying to move on from it, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> although, although, that, although have you, well, yeah, quite. <laughs> have you ever done got those two-minute microwave rices and ripped, but not ripped enough, popped it in, and suddenly, 60 seconds in, there's a huge bang from inside <laughs> the microwave. <laughs> and, you, and you know what's doing. Maybe it is the food of the cursed. Maybe you're onto something here. Maybe. Maybe you're thinking that's the last time I use rice to try and attempt to, to mend my mobile phone. <laughs> <laughs> We've all tried it. Yeah. Yeah. So two, 2004 uh, um, was quite a competitive year, I think. Uh, and you'll recall the Olympics in Greece, which we may touch on later. The US Open was a uh, highlight of the year and the uh, World Series. Congratulations, America. You've done it again. <laughs> oh, they love their rounders, don't they? Yeah. But the, re- the real competition, actually, of uh, 2004 was the outcome of Rear of the Year. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm going I'm to walk you through the competition because there's something that distinguishes 2004 from any of the other years it still it still goes to this day so let's see who won it oh i have a theory about this that what what you're going to say but i'll show i'm going to write it on a bit of paper uh right on there doesn't want to uh expose himself as uh something other than uh morally virtuous yeah um so yeah 2020 wasn't awarded interestingly 
Uh, it's presumably because there was no rear of the year because we all spent it sat down. <laughs> the year was a big enough arse as it was. Yeah, yeah. It's like could, for one year only, we're doing ear of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so the Vincent Van Gogh Trophy is that <laughs> this this hugely competitive process. Uh, awarded Rear of the Year in 1976 for the first time to Dame Barbara Windsor. She wasn't even a dame. Babs! <laughs> Babs! <laughs> she was pulling off the accolades like that. So she was the first She was the first Rear of the Year. And then there was a five-year impasse that that is not explained. There's just a results list. <laughs> So for five years, it wasn't awarded again until Felicity Kendall was judged as being worthy of this honour. I have written on this bit of paper, Felicity Kendall. Oh, he's like, he's like that guy, that, that magician. He I, don't know. I was thinking more Ali Bongo. So, um, there was so some there sort a of... War or something? Like, you know, when there wasn't any football for four, five years? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the war the of the arses. <laughs> the war of the arses, and all yeah. the arses were sent to fight. That's right. <laughs> Do you think there was a Christmas Day truce, and both sides <laughs> came into the middle and showed each other their arses? <laughs> like Braveheart. So <laughs> make it out, a, out of that Sainsbury's. <laughs> it's a fairly, uh, fairly sexist affair, actually, right up till 1995, but. Um, it, it doesn't sound as bad as I've made it out because obviously there's the five-year impasse from when uh, Babs took the crown. But but just um, Susie Quattro won it, Lulu won it, Elaine Page won it, Lindsay DePaul won it. So the, Rock bottom. I, yeah. To be fair, there was a male version, wasn't there? No, the, the male version, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to All it. Right. Even, All right, I just want to know if I get a mention. I'm evening <laughs> up the gender balance here <laughs> with... Um, Michael Barrymore won it in 1986. <laughs> it's not doing itself any favours, is it, this competition, really? And uh, he, he won it alongside uh, Annika Rice. Anita Dobson won it in 87, worthy winner for an um, East Ender role, there of which she would have been prime time queen of the soaps. So explain to me this, 1988. <laughs> Do you want to hazard a guess or shall I just reveal my hand? Go on, I, th- go I think on. your hand needs, re- needs revealing. Yield it to us. Pollard. Hey! <laughs> Sue Pollard, straight in there. Is that a fact? Yeah, and then wow. 89 to 90, the arses went to war again. With no, uh, no competition held. Then uh, 1981, Marina Olgavy. Does anybody know that person? Marina. Oh, is she a royal? Yeah, I thought she had like an it girl or something. Oh. Uh, Ulrika Johnson. Right. Sarah Lancashire. Yeah. Ni- 1994, Mandy Smith and Richard Fairbrass. So suddenly yeah. it starts to get even. Yeah, suddenly. 95, no competition. Like it's ridiculous. Tracy, 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 sure. 
1996. Melinda Messenger and Gary Barlow, 97. A pretty mixed bag, right up to uh, up till 2004, incidentally, where uh, notably two men won it. Right. Two Ronnies. <laughs> Canada <laughs> Ball. <laughs> Posthumous Morecambe <and> Wise. <laughs> Trophy. Um, is it Anton Deck, I'm guessing? No. That, this is the thing, there is no, you would never put these two together. So if you just want to keep shouting out men's names for the next, next 59 minutes, this will be a walk in the park, this one. <laughs> uh, son of George Best, Alex Best. Yeah. And uh, Aled Jones. Aled Jones won rear of the year. For walking in the air. <laughs> <laughs> wow That's, Carol, Bo- that... Carol Borderman won it twice Oh Rear of the Year Squared She was bound to do that wasn't she Yeah, yeah. Sorry if I've gone quiet I'm just trying to picture but not picture Ali Jones's arse <laughs> I thought you were in uh, Vordman territory there And I thought I'd give him a moment Give him a moment <laughs> we bring no, I... him back I was I was in I was in no man's land then. Yeah. Oh, well. So uh, the current holders, because there's, like I said, they're not particularly uh, routine on how this is awarded. If, if this winners list anything to go by, current ho- holders Amanda Holden and uh, Andy Murray, tennis player. Right. And is that this this year or or, or twenty twenty or is it twenty nineteen? So they didn't award in twenty twenty. Yeah, right. but just think if these podcasts take off, we might be in the running. <laughs> well, you might, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say to that. I think, uh, I think, I think it's highly unlikely. I'm I live in Leicester. I've been seen outside my house since uh, <laughs> February the twenty seventh. <laughs> 2020s the idea that i'll take the crown for the year hugely unlikely so um that was a big competition 2004 but i do want to draw your attention to um the new forest county show in 2004 which um had a competition for the largest vegetables and john trim of um I think it's Portsmouth. It could be Plymouth. Portsmouth, that's New Forest Way, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 John John Trim, he, he was considered as amongst the vegetable growing elite at this time. At the peak of his peak of his powers, he just retired from his job. His garden he he, he dug a trench in his garden, south facing, catching the sun. Um and he wanted to grow the uh prize leaks. Uh, as he described it, leaks at their absolute peak uh, for this competition. Previously, I should say, he, and prior to retirement, had won in the stump carrots ca- category. So there was a lot of <laughs> there was a lot of pressure on him. <laughs> and um, obviously, I got this from a news article. So they keep referring to a, a growing circle of gardeners. And I can't work out if that means it's like the magician circle. So they can only share 
stories about <laughs> seeds and, and water within with, with, the, with those who have signed up. And so if you're seen tipping off someone about, you know, this is this is how to yield a good pumpkin. <laughs> you're out. You're out of the growing circle or whether it was just the writer that using the terminology, there's a growing number of gardeners in, in uh, um, the new forest area. I like to think it was the former. Thank you, Gary. I did. I would, and I'd like to think that at some point there, there, there is an area where there is a like a Venn diagram of the circles. So you've got <laughs> you've got some some magicians and some gardeners, and some who are magician gardeners. <clears throat> like so, Percy uh, Thrower doing a card trick or something. <laughs> yeah. Or, or or the judges of the competition walking around with a clipboard saying. Who's hidden the turnips? Come on. <laughs> Hang Pass on a second. Top hat. <laughs> Here they come. And three bunches of carrots appear out of a sleeve. <laughs> so um, the the irony was in in this story, he, his giant leeks um, were described in the story as um, well. The the writer said they were no no idea how big they were. So I think, well, surely that's a big gap in the story, isn't it? It's because that's sort of the whole point of the story, isn't it? Yeah, I'm growing, I'm growing the giant leeks. So I mean, the prerequisite has to be they're bigger than the other leeks. Yeah. But, but no one's got any idea how big they are. Um, and the event uh, is hugely competitive. Um, so I was right to peg it with the olympics the uh, well it is more it, it is more competitive than the u.s world series baseball <laughs> and it, pe- people as far away as southampton were coming to this <laughs> a, t- a token entry from wales to make, give it an international feel and uh it's the patron <laughs> yeah in in a competition that was considered uh, by the BBC reporter who, to be more intense than Crufts. When I, th- I, I think Crufts is the general weather vane for competitions <laughs> of, of any kind. Intensity. Crufts, Crufts got to the point where I, it was so tense I couldn't watch it. Oh, made you I drop your rice, I didn't it? I, yeah, I did. It did. <laughs> I couldn't yeah, do never, it. Never, never mind a snooker final. Or a <laughs> World Cup final, you know the uh, the best Afghan at Crufts. <laughs> that's that, that's your barometer there. That's... You've not experienced pressure like it until you've walked a dog across a carpet. <laughs> but in in this cauldron of pre in this cauldron of pressure, his prize leaks. Leaks. Giant leaks. Sorry, back on track. I haven't even had a drink yet. I could... <laughs> 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 well, this is this this is lockdown, isn't it? It's, it's like... called lockdown brain, isn't it? It's lockdown <laughs> yeah. brain. No yeah. focus at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, back. So he enters the giant leaks. His giant le- his giant leaks incidentally his win. Giant leaked. <laughs> yeah. Giant leaks win, and then somebody delivers the ultimate insult to say. Commenting on his giant, on his giant leeks, one competitor said, "Some people prefer his giant onions." 
that's, well, that's, that's that's like a how do you come back from that oh that's like one of those barb comments where you know you hear people pay someone a compliment but then they swipe it away that's that's like up there with that sir you are no john kennedy or that kind of level isn't it it's just it's just <laughs> up there that's you, you don't come back from that that is just but he's also very lucky that claire wasn't around because if there's any fruit or veg left around this house and two items around and one is straight it's a it's a it's arranged in, in some sort of artistic style every single time brilliant <laughs> I didn't I, I must think too much of Claire because I thought the story was going going towards it ends up in a soup <laughs> <laughs> no it ends up as a rude thing yeah every single time it's like a running joke in our house you go to the fruit bowl there it is there, there it is. Again. <laughs> it's great I might start a gallery I need to start taking photographs of this, of her artwork, and put a proper online gallery together. Yeah, with the, with the Tony Hart music. <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> Superb. Art attack. As always, you've strolled out to bat to open the batting and knocked it out of the park. Yeah, and I accept that uh, to our regular listeners, of which there are many now, and thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. Um, this will probably bear no relevance to the 2004 you remembered <laughs> it's the one they wish they'd, they'd gone through they could remember to be fair to them they were probably just having a great time listening to oasis getting drunk <laughs> not not uh well i mean the the internet was less formed at the time but could you imagine being able to watch the uh new forest county show live streamed on facebook <laughs> would have been pretty Trim's Trim's put his Trim's put his turnips in. His turnips in. The judge, the judge is not interested. He's gone <laughs> straight for the leaks. The leaks are magnificent. Looking, I can't say around. how big they are, but he's looking around. It's like he's looking for something else. <laughs> he's, he's mouthing something. Where are your onions? He says. <laughs> Just brilliant. Gone. That's where they are. Gone. I tell you what. That sounds now. That sounds like a program I would watch, and it certainly <laughs> it certainly sounds better than a program Channel Four aired in two thousand and four, which was called. Do you remember Shattered, where ten contestants were challenged to go without sleep for seven days? Oh, yeah. Do you remember that program? Was that two thousand and four? Two thousand and four, right? I tell you so, what, I didn't mention this in in my opening batsman session. Um, as it's now being known, which is sounding increasingly weirder every time I say it. <laughs> but the um, 2004, the idea that 2004 is actually a retro thing, yeah, is quite disturbing. Yes, it is. It is quite disturbing because uh, you'd, you'd already moved to Leicester, hadn't you? Yeah. Well, by then, you got well, your house. One year in. Yeah, one year in. Uh, it seems to it seems to me like yeah, it's frightening, isn't it? You think of the music. And I can't even begin to think that it was 16, 17 years ago. I think it was the, it was the year that our paths first crossed, Mark, actually, 2004. I was going to say, was that you, you did your first stand-up stuff? Yeah, it must think, have been. I think it was. It was yeah, also the year well, your stand-up career ended, wasn't it, Mark, as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> God, God. Oh, man. Well, just, just to go back to that programme. So they, they basically spent seven days with 10 housemates undergoing daily performance and tests and challenges and stuff. Um, 
and then um, there's a ten thousand, uh, sorry, a hundred thousand pound prize. So basically, they had to go. I'd have been perfect for that program. I could have done that because I, I I live in SAS non-sleep bloody training camp because I share a bed with Claire. <laughs> I'm thinking of writing the book, writing a book about it. The, the, the di- Fidget Jones diary. <laughs> one a, one a.m. Fidgeted. Two a.m. Got up for a glass of water. Fidgeted. Honestly, man, every single night. Give us a call if we get sleep. Okay, arm goes round. You're just drifting, falling into sleep. Fidget, turn, twist. Oh man, I'm back awake now. So you're awake for two more hours. Have you, you have you ever had? The scenario where you've been poked in the eye <laughs> by a fidget, by, the, yes. by a fidget, yeah, and and then you thought, how was that not deliberate? <laughs> <laughs> like I've the been, precision of it going into your retina. <laughs> yeah. I've been punched, headbutted. I've been all sorts going. Well, I think yeah. this well, is I'm... taking a sinister tone, Gary. Yeah, <laughs> We'll need to signpost you to uh, some kind of helpline. Relate well, or something. Well, last year, uh, last year we went, went took, we took um, Claire's kids, uh, Katie and Dan, on holiday. We went. Remember holidays, kids? Okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, we went. Uh, we stayed at the ha- airport hotel the night before because the flight was, you know, seven o'clock in the morning or something. And um, uh, Katie, Katie was had one of her attacks of these. She has. Um, uh, restless legs so she was keeping Dan awake so Claire said look I'll sleep with Katie you sleep with in, share the bed with Dan so I woke up two three minutes before the alarm that was set for four o'clock with Dan's finger up my nose <laughs> <laughs> he, he was facing me and his finger was just up my nostril and he was just fast asleep yeah, was I wonder what he was dreaming <laughs> <laughs> well quite yeah quite <laughs> that, 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 that was a glorious one, that one. But yeah, so I reckon I'd have been, I reckon I'd have been a shoe in for that. It's, uh, it sounds, it sounds a bit dangerous to me. I'm watching, I remember watching a documentary about a, a DJ in the '60s, I think it was, who, who did it as an experiment, and he stayed awake for a week, and every day he did his radio show. Um, oh. He may have been slightly longer than a week, and it, it drove him mad. And in the end, he, he couldn't, he, he ended up. He ended up losing his job, and he, he just went downhill and ended up dying. Um, and staying he, awake? Yeah, just from the, this week or 10 days or whatever it was where he stayed awake and didn't just just didn't go to sleep and only um, and broadcast his show normally. But it drove, he, it drove him mad. Did he use any stimulants? No, no. He, he, that was part of the thing. He was, he was just, he was just doing, doing it as an experiment, and it was like a really bad experiment to do. Well, I tell you what, I am really good at, at naps. Some people can't do it. And Claire says, I can't do that. You can fall asleep on the sofa for like half an hour. How do you do it? Oh, the answer's simple. I sleep with you at night. I'm knackered. <laughs> that's, why, that's, why I never, that's why I can nap in the afternoon. I don't nap at night. I'm staying with Fidget Jones. Um, on, uh, on, on Sticking with TV, there was a, a, a Coronation Street debut, quite a big one. Bradley Walsh made his debut. So, he was uh, quite good in Corrie, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Mike Baldwin's nephew, wasn't he? Um, of, of course, now he's on TV. He does uh, he does the chase and uh, what's that program? Bradley high fives his son for thirty minutes um, on ITV. It's just started where he goes around Europe high fiving his son. But um, I, I really like Bradley Walsh. Actually, I have to say he's a bit old school, isn't he? 
You, yeah. you, you're kind of back into the old uh, leaks territory there. You've insulted his high fives. There you <laughs> I love your work, Bradley, but uh, don't you think you high five your son a little bit too much there? Your hand's looking a bit raw, Brad, <laughs> yeah. I have to say. <laughs> it was, um, in, in terms of telly, I noticed as well, it was uh, it was the year, and I remember this from, from the 80s, and I lost track of it, and then I didn't realise it went on for so long. But do you remember America's top ten? Yes. Casey Kasem. Oh. That was the year he retired. He gave up hosting it. That so was course, one of one of the great wigs, wasn't it? As yeah. Well. And he was, and then the great jumpers as well. But uh, he was, he was also the voice of Shaggy in Scooby Doo. Really? If you exactly, exactly. There's a there's a fact for you. And what you what I was trying to find a clip of, of his last show. I really wanted, really wanted him to 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 uh, get to the number one spot and go. It's Britney Spears. Hang on a second, and then just rip her mask off and say, "But that's not Britney Spears. It's old. <laughs> it's old Jennings, the caretaker." <laughs> oh, I, I wanted to make it to R number Kelly. one. <laughs> That's Gary Glitter. I wanted like to make that. it to number one. I'd have done it too if it wasn't for you pesky kids. <laughs> the Casey Kasem. Was that what his name was? Casey Kasem? Yeah, yeah. I keep saying there Casey was, Keller. I keep thinking Casey yeah, Keller, the former Leicester keeper. That's exactly it. Like There was Casey Kasem, Casey Keller, and Remington Steele. <laughs> and Casey Kelson. The guy who presented the adverts like uh, the shavers was that Remington Steel. Remington. I, I I loved Remington. it. I loved the company so much. I bought the company. Victor, yeah. Victor oh, that's Victor Kayam. Yes. Yeah. Like these people just blended into one person after a while. <laughs> it was. It was Casey like Casey Kayam Keller. It sounds, <laughs> like, sounds, like, sounds like someone from the Kardashian program. Uh, TV wise, 2004 was the year that uh, BBC nailed, put the final nail in the coffin of Top of the Pops. You remember it used to be every Thursday uh-huh. at 7 o'clock, religion when you were a kid, then it got moved to Friday, and it was just about all right on a Friday, like a pre-going out stuff, and then in 2004, they moved it to a Sunday evening on BBC Two. So That was sad. It, used, it was a highlight. I mean, I've been watching, have you been watching those, you see it at the weekends when they yes. do re- repeats and they've done all through the 80s. And We've got it on a series record, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. The it's trouble is, it's like Crime Watch, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder if uh, sort of killing programmes and things is a good link into, uh, is it time to do the Gorn list? The Gorn list? Gorn list! <laughs> as good a time as any. Well, all I'll say is, 2004, everyone says, 2016 the curse of 2016 but all i'll say is 2004 is giving 2016 a good run for its money what a yield (laughs) (laughs) the grim reaper was busy that year (laughs) so i'm going to start off with one from our childhood okay norris mcwerter gone oh oh no Who, who verified that (laughs) (laughs) yeah norris gone that was that was a uh a that's that's an odd one actually because i was when i was looking looking up doing a bit of research for the for the um for the year um i was just looking looking at the kind of records that 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 happen now so 
you look at, you're talking about your onions and your leeks earlier. He died in 2004. In 2013, there was a world record for the largest collection of shoe-related items. Right. And, and exactly. There's no way Norris would have allowed that in if he was alive still in, in 2013. You see, I mean, Roy Meyer, just because he was a nice guy, but Norris would have put his foot down on that. There's no he way. He was quite stern, wasn't he? He was, he was. stern. He was. You know, if one domino didn't go over in that, it, it, yeah, it didn't yeah. count. Get about it. <laughs> well, you talk about Roy Castle, but after Roy Castle left, I was looking at the list. He went on into the sort of late 90s record breakers with a hit. With a, and some of the, the hosts were Fiona Kennedy, Mark Curry. Cheryl Baker, Chris Akabusi, when he could stop laughing, <laughs> Linford Christie, and presenter of record breakers, Ronald Reagan Jr., son of Ronald Reagan. What, the UK record breakers? Yep. What? Fact. <clears throat> yep. Ronald Reagan Jr. And I, I, I thought that's got to be a wind-up. So I checked it out on YouTube, and there's the intro from the Record Breakers from the late 90s, and it says Mark Curry, uh, uh, Chris Akabusi, Ronald Reagan Jr. God. That I, shut you up, hasn't it? I, I, you I, don't know, I don't know, yeah, I don't know how to compute that. I didn't, so, know, I didn't know Ronald Reagan Jr. was a thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. And ironically, in 2004, Ronald Reagan, gone senior, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was so, there a so, world record for tearing down walls? Or that's no, that's weak. Forget that. <laughs> Edit that out. Don't worry or, about that one. Or <laughs> I have to say, uh, d- doing some research on this, uh, and whether you agreed with his politics or disagreed with his politics or whatever, he actually came across as quite a nice fella. Still, did, he, save you, did, did he leave he? office when he was expected to? That's all we ask of presidents <laughs> these days. Well, well, quite, quite. <laughs> in fact, that's probably a good time just to dip out of the Gorn list and go back to the TV list for a second, because uh, in 2004, uh, Donald Trump did the first episode of the uh, American Apprentice. And ironically, on this day, with about three hours to go, he uttered the, he uttered the phrase, you're fired. <laughs> so, uh, and for the first time, and now he's getting it himself. So well done, Don. One big circle. Don, the circle of life. Um, another one. Back to the Gorn list. Raconteur Peter Ustinov. Gorn. 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 Oh. Man, I, I, I have a theory about Ustinov. He wasn't as funny as he thought he was. <laughs> he was. I noticed he was called actor and raconteur. As if, yeah. that, was a, as if that was a job. Raconteur. <laughs> like who talks a lot. So that's what sort think, of pest control, isn't it? Yeah, I think his funeral service was actually called an audience without Peter Euston. <laughs> With somebody doing the same voices for every story. <laughs> he did the same two voices yeah. for every story. But uh, yeah, so Peter Euston off, go on. You, you a Euston off fan, Mark? Um, no, I've got, I've got nothing to... I didn't even know he was a raconteur. I like... <laughs> <laughs> neither, neither did he really. But, <laughs> um, now, can I just say, a, I'm going to do football, two football ones now. I'm going to start off with a Leicester, Leicester City legend and one of the great stories in football. Keith Weller. Go Oh, yeah, remember that. Gary, please, as, 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 as a Leicester season ticket holder, for those who, 
who may have been living in a hole and don't know this story, please. Well, he was he was famous for his tights, wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> there was one one match at home at Leicester, and uh, it was it was a freezing day. It was in the old days where you didn't have under soil heating and the pitches were frozen. And he came out in a pair of white tights. I'm not quite sure he ever lived it down, to be honest, because it's the first thing anyone ever mentions about him. But um, he was a great player, to be fair. Well, wasn't the urban myth behind that yeah, story? Yeah, come on, Gary. That's come not on. the story. The urban... I don't know the story. Oh, Gary. Oh, Mark, do you want to do it? I can do it. Go on. Go on. His wife's or something. I, I'll, run, I'll run a quick single. Then, yeah. you <laughs> then you can have the strike. Go on. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, he was giving his uh, wife or girlfriend a lift somewhere in his car and she opened the glove compartment and a pair of white tights fell out. Ah, right. And then uh, she said, what are these? And he said, oh, well, they're, they're for wearing in matches when it's really cold. And then she said, well, you'll be wearing them this afternoon then, won't you? <laughs> in the cup <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> So basically, rather than try and front it out with his wife that um, they were they weren't uh, the tights of a, a love interest, he just put them on. <laughs> and the matter of the day, cameras captured it. <laughs> that that's the story. Whether whether you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so many relatives off Keith Weller estate here. might yeah. well want to contest that. And, Could uh, be an urban myth, but. <laughs> Too good not to share, as as they say. Gary, he also had very similar hair to you as well. It's a very non-yielding perm. <laughs> I remember. It was the perm that keeps on perming. Maybe the same woman who did your perm did his perm. Yes, some kind of um, I was, I was, cursed witch. Yeah. I was thinking this, like when when a footballer walks in with hair like yours, Gary, <laughs> it's every it's every football manager's nightmare because they'd be thinking. Well, it's pointless giving him the hairdryer treatment half <laughs> time. It'll never, it, it's never dried in the past 40 years. <laughs> take, two, take two bottles into the shower? No, because what's the point? If, um, to be fair, if anyone gave me the, uh, the hairdryer treatment, I'd end up looking like Hamza Chowdhury <laughs> these days. If, if, you, if you're a Leicester City fan, you'll know that. Brilliant. Um, <clears throat> right, next one in the Gorns, football. An absolute legend, Brian Clough, gone. Gone. Now we tried burying him last week. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's come back up. Now I've got a quick, quick question for you. Not a quick question for you. Quick fact for you. But I'm going to put it in the form of a question. What have Nigel Mansell and me got in common? Uh, is it something to like? I didn't know this was a quiz show. I'm like, <laughs> wait for a little bell to ring. To hurry me along, um, I would say that Brian Clough has made you a cup of tea and he's also made Nigel Mansell a cup of tea. Uh, no, uh, and um, to, because you could guess forever, I'm just going to tell you because it was rhetorical. Um, he, uh, it, Nigel, Nigel Mansell and I have both been grabbed by the balls by Brian Clough. <laughs> <laughs> it would have taken me a few guesses to get there. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, so, um, so down the list. Uh, so it would have been about 1992. No, sorry, 1990, um, 1991. Probably I was photographing um, this thing was called Walk for the World, and it was at Nottingham uh, County Hall. 
and they had the mayor there and the dignitaries and Clough was there and there was a, a giant poster on the wall of a foot uh, and this was the launch of it and everyone stood underneath it and there was press and, and TV cameras there and, and all I said was, Mr Clough, would you and everyone just mind walking forward so that you could get the perspective of the foot better? And he just walked up to me and get the beeper ready here, Mark. He just walked up to me, cupped my balls in his hand, squeezed them and went <laughs> and then I went back in and stood arms folded, glaring at me as, as Mrs. Mayor and the mayor looked at him. All the other press looked at me. Yeah, that's fine, Mr. Clough, no problem. So cut to nine months later, and Nottingham Forest signed a sponsorship deal with Le Bats Lager. Remember that? Yeah. And they were sponsors of Nigel Mansell's team. So for, for the uh, press day, we were all on the pitch at the city ground on a Friday morning and they had a Formula One car on the pitch and Nigel Mansell there and we're all lined up taking photographs and Nigel uh, and Brian Clough and Nigel Mansell are sat next to each other, sort of leaning on the t- on the wheel uh, and suddenly Cloughy just puts his hand up in the air like Rod Stewart doing the Scottish FA Cup draw and brings it down on <laughs> Nigel Mansell's knackers and just squeezes him and gets it. And I've got a picture that was published by the a couple of nationals, I've got a cutting from the Daily Sport, I think, of Cloughy grabbing Nigel Mansell by the balls. And I remember thinking at the time, not just me then. <laughs> did that take the shine off it for you or did you feel better about the whole thing to be, to be fair it made me feel good about it <laughs> i mean you know I, I it did it made me feel good about it so i thought well i'm in good company i mean the you know i'm in the company of a formula one a formula one world most, champion yeah most people say oh i'm, I'm six handshakes away from nelson mandela or something like that <laughs> I am literally one pair of testicles away from Brian Clough. <laughs> and, and for me, I, I, I want to get that. Those words you said there, I'm going to get typed up and put in a plaque above my desk here. It would with a picture of Cloughy and Mansell. I suppose it would involve me uh, cupping your testicles, so I'm rowing back from this idea. <laughs> How was your Brian Cluffy impression? If I close my eyes while you do it, can you do a good? Every, everyone's got a good Cluffy impression. The trouble is nobody's impression sound, ever sounds anything like him. No, I know. It's, it's usually a hybrid version of Liam Gallagher or the guy out of Arctic Monkeys. It's not. Uh, does it actually sound like him at all? It's just basically Liam Gallagher saying "young man," isn't it? Yeah. Ah, brilliant. Right. Another. Should we do another another one from the Gorn list before oh, we yeah, carry on? So well. Right. Uh, Comedy legend this time, rather than a football legend. Oh, Comedy oh, legend, oh. Rodney Dangerfield. Goal! How did he die? He stopped breathing. I didn't research that. <laughs> you can't throw that <laughs> oh, at me. What? One basic fact. As <laughs> <laughs> a comedian, he died loads of times. Come on. <laughs> right. Okay, just for Mark. Just for Mark, I'm going to find out how he died. He's going to do that. Yeah, great. Uh, let's have a look. <laughs> uh, apparently, he smoked marijuana in his hospital room. <laughs> um, on the day of his death, he randomly uh, generated joke of the day on his website. To be, I tell you, I've got no respect anymore from anyone. I bought a cemetery plot. The guy said, there goes the neighbourhood. <laughs> <laughs> Heart valve. So it was a heart, it was a strawberry. It was a strawberry played up. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, but I thought it would be really nice to um, to pick out a few 
Rodney Dangerfield one-liners. So as these days, if you notice these days when people do lists of things, like in our days in newspapers, Mark, it would be a top 10 or a top five. It would be, a, you know, these days it's like the top seven or the top eight. It's just, it's, I don't know why they do that. But um, I've just picked some random ones out and it seems to be seven. So are you ready for yeah. a few Rodney? They, yeah, before you, before you launch into it, I don't want to put I'm any doing, pressure on you. impression. Okay, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to put any unnecessary pressure on you, but do it like he did it in Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> you could do it. My wife, my wife. Uh, oh my God, Rodney Dangerfield. Okay. My wife and I were happy for 20 years. Then we met. I tell you, I tell you, when my wife has sex, she screams, especially when I walk in on her. <laughs> That's a joke, that, isn't it? That's a joke. Um, I'm a bad lover. I once caught a... I've got all Jewish now. Hey, bad lover. Um, I'm not... He, I'm, he I'm was a bad, Jewish. I'm a bad... I'm an Italian, sorry. Uh, I'm a bad lover. I once caught a peeping... I once caught a peeping Tom booing me. He's <laughs> flit, flitting between religions and nationalities. We can't keep up. We just... I've, got, I've got all these middlers. I've got Rodney Mansfield now. I'm going to... <laughs> Um, a, girl, a girl phoned me and said, come on over. There's nobody home. So I went over. Nobody was home. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great one. That's a good guy. It's just feel I've got three more. Uh, when my old man wanted sex, my mother would just show him a picture of me. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm unlucky, but I went to a massage parlour and it was self-service. <laughs> and last one, I tell you, if it weren't for pickpocketers, I'd have no sex life at all. <laughs> but he was good, wasn't he? I thought you said there were seven. There was at least eight there. Hang on, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Because it's because I messed up and uh, you made me have to repeat it. Ah, oh, brilliant. Any Rodney Dangerfield gags yourself that stick out? Any films? Well, I just thought that 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 stream of gags in Caddyshack, Caddyshack. was yeah, just yeah. brilliant. Like, yeah. <clears throat> reminded us of why people like us shouldn't do comedy. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, do, do you want? Do you want? To, do you want? To, I've got loads more. Do you want one more from the Gorn list, and we'll we'll go somewhere else, and then come back to it because I've got a quite an interesting uh, Pat Roach Gorn fact oh pat bomber roach oh there's i think yeah there's a, a a healthy uh well of material in pat roach i would have thought yeah absolutely brilliant so obviously wrestler when we were growing up uh on world of sport and then he turned up, in, uh, turned up as bomber in uh, in our feeder saying pet but did you know that he was offered and turned down the role of darth vader in star wars Ooh. No, I didn't know that. I didn't know that, no. Yeah, Bomber didn't like. Bomber didn't like. <laughs> yeah, he turned it down. But George Lucas just loved him and was so desperate to get him in his films. Apparently, he had several roles in the Indiana Jones films. In each film, he played two different people. It was like a running joke. So in in, in the first one, was it... Uh, Raiders uh, of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. He played uh, a giant Sherpa who fights Jones in a bar. And then right. the second, and then second role he played was uh, being a, a German Luftwaffe mechanic, who has a fight with Jones yeah, before I being guess. killed by the propeller. Uh, propeller, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then in the Temple of Doom, 
He played uh, a guard in the mine and fights with Jones before being killed by a rock uh, crusher. And then in the uh, then he also was uh, a Gestapo officer in the last crusade. So there he is. The man who turned out Darth Vader. Yeah, he was in some Stanley Kubrick films as well. He's, was he? Yeah, he, got, he definitely got out there. <laughs> I, what was, was his, just, you know, when he was a wrestler? Yeah. Just to go back to early career. Uh. Or maybe not. Like, these wrestlers went on forever, didn't they? Um, when uh, when he, was his nickname Bomber? Yeah. Pat, Pat the Bomber Roach. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then, but then he was called Bomber in... Our feed the same pet. Our feed the same pet. It was like a legacy name. I don't know where I'm going with that. Just <laughs> well, but the thing I've noticed about if Roach turned it down was that, that that George Lucas was obviously desperate to have somebody with a West Country accent playing for Darth Vader. Because, you know, oh, no, Bombers turned us down. Who else is there? Hang on. Get me the Green Cross code, man. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, it's such a rich yield. I'm not even halfway through the gone list yet, but I think we should probably peel off and... Come back to it, do you think, or should we just plough on with it? <clears throat> well, there's one I'd, I'd like to, to add, which is obviously, um, normally these are quite sad things, but this yeah. isn't necessarily a sad one so much because it was Harold Shipman. It was the year he died. Obviously. Hang on, hang on. Gone! Gone! Yes, sorry, I forgot about the gone bit. Um, and uh, I had a close escape there, really. Um oh. Because uh, he was your GP. My, my mate. Um, my Is that mate, why you're morphing into him with your beard? <laughs> my, I'm morphing into Michael Sheen. That's, <laughs> that's my plan. Anyway, I'm going to yeah. get him to play me for the rest of the year. Um, my uh, my mate's uh, he's now his wife, but uh, when it was when they were just courting, um, she lived in Hyde, um, which is where his surgery Ooh. was, um, and. There was one we, we went up, I think it was we went up to watch Leicester play at Blackburn one weekend and we stayed in Hyde and I walked past his surgery less than a year after he was put in prison. I was that wow. close, that close with that, you see. I, I thought you were going to say your mate was dating a 77 year old. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't even that close. Yeah. <laughs> I walked past his surgery. I do like. I, I do like those people who lay a claim to things. So though the amount of people who went to New York within a four-year time scale of the <laughs> twins, I was only there in '97. <laughs> <laughs> Gary's mate was dating an 80-year-old, but it's okay. She had the body of a 70-year-old. It was fine. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yes, I, I tell you what, I, I, we watched a documentary about Shipman that's, that's on, that's doing the rounds at the minute. And um, you know, when those shots where he comes out and he's, he's interviewed uh, outside his house, and because some, certain allegations have been made, but no police arrests have been made yet, and he comes out and he's, man, he's actually exactly the same age as I am now in those things. Because <laughs> uh, <just, laughs> like, you, you, you look at it and you think, my God, he must have been in his mid 60s or something, you know, late yeah, 60s. Yeah. No, he was in his early 50s. Yeah. He, he got a COVID jab coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. I yeah, don't, don't want to alarm you. Not anymore. I'm sure yeah. it'd be safe. So, uh, and anyway, as you say, he, he, did he kill himself in his cell? Yeah. Yeah, he hung himself, yeah. This, um, just with the Shipman thing, Shipman is, is very, you're very much in your Corbyn territory of, 
it's highly likely if you leave the house, you're going to see Harold Shipman or Jeremy oh, Corbyn, Corbyn. Yeah. On, on, on your journey. And yeah. I can, and I guarantee if you take a flight somewhere, usually there's representation of both of them on the flight. <laughs> your Shipman look alike and your Corbyn look alike are like rats and Man U fans, aren't they? You're never more than two metres from one. <laughs> <laughs> Superb. It's so, but what you don't want at that point if, if you sat and there is a shipment lookalike on the plane and somebody passes out or has a medical emergency and the flight and, and over the tunnel it says is there a doctor on board <laughs> and then they stand up like, no no so, you're jeremy corbyn sit down, yeah, sit, down. <laughs> sit down corbyn this ain't your time oh, brilliant brilliant um, actually, can I just go to one more goal? Sorry, oh. sorry. Uh, Rick... you, you like a you like shipment. You're addicted to it. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> Harold Stewman, uh, Rick James, King of Funk. Mm. Yeah, who did yeah. Uh, Super Freak, which was the the uh, basically MC Hammer just <laughs> lifted lock, stock, and, and smoking yeah. barrels. Uh, but you can't touch this. But I did come across a brilliant story about him. And in, in, in apparently in the 80s, Rick James went to a dinner party in Hawaii. Um, and one of the other guests there, sorry, in the 70s, sorry, one of the guests there was Salvador Dali, who apparently just kept staring at him and finally said, uh, Senor, I'm mad about the way you look. Please allow me to sketch you. So Dali spent like 15, 20 minutes doing a portrait of Rick James on it on a napkin. And he then gave it to Rick James. So Rick James had a, a, a portrait of himself drawn by Salvador Dali, right? I mean, what's that worth? Well, uh, yeah, you know, Unless exactly. I, I thought you were going to say, and he looked down at the drawing, and then it was his watch melting. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, well, apparently, uh, the next morning, uh, he, he, he got up, smoked a joint, and went for a swim. Uh, in the same shorts that he'd been wearing the night before, completely forgetting that he had the napkin <laughs> with the portrait by Dali in his pocket. Oh. He that, pulls it out, it's just like an inky blob. Which, to, to be fair, yeah. A, inky blob is a great rap name. Feet, inky blob. But it also uh, probably it, it increases value by about <laughs> 10 grand. So, uh, so yeah. Still, still more credibility than the Turin Shroud. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, I say there's loads of other goals, but uh, maybe we should give the goals a break for a second. Mm. But, uh, oh, can I just say, by the way, I did come across. Sorry, I, I can't. Are you right? I am Harold Shipman. Sorry. Um, <laughs> when I was when I was checking out the goals, I did. You know what? Again, as you said earlier, Mark, COVID brain. You know, you just you, lockdown brain. You just get you lose where you are. Three times I saw names on the list of people who died that year and went. Oh, bloody hell, I didn't know he died. Oh, so first of all, I saw Brian Manning and I thought, oh, Bernard's. Oh, no, I ain't got a minute. <laughs> then I saw one called Roland Gibbs. I thought, the missing BG. <laughs> and then I thought, no, I ain't got a minute. Not, no, not a BG. Wasn't he the lead singer of Fine Young Cannibals? No, I ain't got a minute. <laughs> and then I saw John Dunn. I thought, don't panic. Oh, no, I ain't gone. That's John Dunn, the radio presenter. So at that point, I stopped going through them. I thought, I think I need to come away from the screen for a bit. But um, but uh, I've got more goals if you uh, if you want them later. Anyway, and that was the goals. That was the goals. That was a good gone list. Yeah, I, I don't much. think we're going to top that what, for a while. What what we notice more, I think, is in in an era of social media, 
you learn more about the popularity of a gorn yeah. or the desire of a person to position themselves or suggest themselves as a big fan of that person and it say something about them but uh yeah so you hear you hear more you hear more about those that have died i think the goal list i mean i've got at least another five or six there that i could read Come on. should we, Come should on. we just do it should we do it should we do it yeah john peel gone oh uh, yeah why would you not mention him well, I was going to. <laughs> hang on, hang on. I just did. I just, I remember, we used to work with a bloke. We used to work with a bloke who was always going, hmm, well, that's the first time I've heard that. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and his boss went, mate, 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 there's a first time you hit anyone hears anything. This is your first time for this. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a strange catchphrase for someone who worked at a newspaper. <laughs> It's the first time I've heard that. Well, yes, (laughs) that's sort of how it works. (laughs) And then you, then you collaborate. You you get it all together. You collate it, and then, and then pass it out to the wider world. Brilliant. So yeah, John Peel. Gone. Did he die? Was he was he climbing a mountain or something? Yeah. He was out walking somewhere, wasn't he? Yeah. Wasn't yeah. yeah, Wasn't it? Now I'm going to go on a limb here. I've not checked this out. Wasn't it South America? Didn't he die in Peru or something, up a mountain? I don't know. You mean you haven't researched it and you're hoping that somehow we do this? <laughs> right, hang on a okay, second. Definitely Peru. Definitely Peru. Uh, John Peel. Hang Thinking on. of Robin Cook. Yeah. Peru. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even put Peru in. And John Peel death and Peru came up. Uh, Fantastic. There you go. So, John Peel, gone. Any John Peel stories before I move on? No, no. I'll take that as a no great story. Marlon Brando, gone. Fred okay, Dibner. Struggle to uh, relate any stories. I'll, tell you what, I'll just rattle them. I'll rattle through them and then make a make a comedy noise if you want to say anything. Fred Dibner, gone. Yes. Do it. <laughs> I've, I've got a Dibner story. Do it. And, uh, well, not as, it just occurred to me I've got a Dibner story. It's not very good. But I, did, I, I, um, I interviewed him um, in uh, when I was um, working in Lincoln, and he he's a tank enthusiast, and obviously he had the uh, Lincoln First World War tank production in, in Lincoln, and he, he um, I think he had a show about engineering on at the time, and uh, the uh, interview was brilliant, it, absolutely magic. It, like he'd say things like. Oh, why these these tanks are like great lumps of cheese <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, oh, funny little wedges. You must have thought, what must have those German soldiers thought as they came over the hills and and all of this sort of stuff and 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 like this really thick dialect. And I, I when I wrote the article, I I changed all the spellings of the words. So that people would understand what he was like, that he was talking with this thick accent. So you translated, you were translated to... Yeah, yeah. So Fred Dibner. Yeah. It's like, so I think like the first quote was, oh, I know all about the Lincoln tank, oh, (laughs) why? And then it just got worse from there. Wasn't that your nickname on the football pitch, Mark? The Lincoln tank? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Big engine. 
We're going to, right, back to the goal list. Ray Charles, Ray Charles, gone. No Ray Charles story, sorry. Emlyn Hughes, gone. No Emlyn stories. Yasser Arafat, (laughs) gone. Now. Hang on. Right. <laughs> right. I've got I've got four more. Uh, and the last one I do have a story about, so I'm gonna say yes myself. Faye Ray, gone. Never heard of her. You do? King, she was King the act, actress King Kong, the original King Kong. Uh, oh, held okay. in its hand. Uh yeah. Um and uh another another person who'd been cupped by someone. <laughs> <laughs> it's yes, on the cupped list. Indeed. Um uh, Christopher Reeve, gone. Mm. No, no humour in it. Actually, paralysing himself is a really I don't think. Um, Howard Keel, gone. And the last one from my gone list, former Scotland manager Ali McLeod, gone. Yes, I have a story about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, you remember 1978, basically the, the story is that he was going around giving it the big one. We're going to win the World Cup. You know. Oh, they had, a, they had a song for that year, didn't they, Scotland? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and we'll really shake them up when we win the World Cup because Scotland are the greatest football team. Well, that was uh, their song? Yeah. That's like every song ever. Yes, but not sung by a man. In a, in a comedy Scottish hat wearing a kilt on top of the pops. I thought, I don't know. I thought there'd have been something more in the... Well, well I know course, the England ones back home, but you'd have thought that Scotland would have come right. up with something to rival that. Was, that's what the song was. Bear in mind, it was 1978. Yeah, but it's rich Scottish history of music, and they've gone for that. Well, Who was in, who was in charge of that? Well, it was obviously a curse. <laughs> It was obviously a curse. Do you remember they actually did an open top bus parade before they left for South America as well? Get it in early. Ali giving it the big one. Right. So, of course, go over there, lose the opening game to Peru, draw with Iran, <laughs> rally briefly <laughs> against Holland, but but it's not enough, and, and come home. Player sent home for, for failing a drugs test. So, of course, but Ali McLeod's son, now, all I'll say is, when Ali McLeod was all going on, in 1978, Ali McLeod's son was 10. You know, about as popular as Ali McLeod's son in Scotland, has got in 78, has got to be like a, a new phrase, hasn't it? <laughs> I mean, he must have been getting some right stick at school <laughs> from, the, from the other kids. But he has come out recently and said that he honestly didn't say that Scotland were going to win the World Cup. His actual quote was, we will qualify... Add, add, out of the group, and I think a medal of some sorts could come if we pray, if we play to our best ability. But it's, I know it's a bold statement, but it's not, we're going to win the World Cup, is it? And his son swears that that's what he said. He didn't say he was going to win the World Cup and all the grief he's got afterwards for it. So, so like 40, 40 plus years on, he's still apologising. Yes, basically. <laughs> basically. So, uh, Ali, Ali McLeod. Go! What does, what, what's his son's name? Would you stop asking me these questions? <laughs> I'm just wanna, I just want to. I can tell you the name of John Trim of Southampton or Portsmouth, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, who won the New Forest County Show largest league competition in 2004. You can't even. You had one story, and I use that term loosely. <laughs> to Andy. Andy, his name is. Right. And what's Andy. he do? Andy. What's he do? I keep saying Andy. 
Um, he's left-handed. Um, he uh, enjoys uh, the music of uh, Franz Ferdinand and uh, the Bay City Rollers. I had him down as Shalimar all Robert the way. Hickson. <laughs> I had him down as a Shalimara. He's a Shalimari. Um, so uh, that's me, Stuart Wilde, with the Gorns. There's, there's no coming back from this, is there? Uh, there's no time for all, all this, the reams of stuff I've got now. Well, oh, Gary, no, come on, mate. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, there's some good editing out to do tonight. Oh, yeah, you're going to yeah. be busy tomorrow. No, it's funny, actually, you mentioned earlier about the, the top seven and the because the, how numbers are just random now. And I, I, when I was doing looking online for some things, um, I found an article that was called 22 things from 2004 that will make you feel seriously old. Um, and this article was from 2014. And how many have we mentioned so well, far? Well, the thing about it was I looked down the list and I was already <laughs> too old for them. And I, I didn't even know about them because the popular I'd moved on from popular culture. I was wearing slippers and um, listening to Valdunican type things that we used to do back in those days because I was too old for it. So there were things like Britney Spears and velour tracksuits that can, you know, pretty much pass me by completely. Um, but yeah, he uh, says that. He says that. Yeah. We, don't, we don't see him on his front room on a Wednesday night, do we? You know, he's, he's, he's got a, he just pulled a t shirt over his velour bloody outfit there. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Bit me, baby, one more time. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, it's been a food-heavy lockdown. I can't remember who the picture was now in the velour tracksuit, but um, I don't know. It's probably Eric Bristol or someone. I can't remember. Um, no. But um, the, uh, the 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 TV show that I'd sort of heard of, but I didn't realise this was the year of it. There was a um, Oprah Winfrey used to do these shows where she'd give everyone in her audience a prize. And this year had an episode called You Get a Car. Right. And everyone in the audience, 276 members of the audience of this TV show, got a new Pontiac car. And you think... A proper working car? Yes, a proper car. Every single one of them. She's a billionaire. It doesn't matter to her. But the trouble is, because of the tax laws in America, every person in the audience had to pay seven thousand dollars in gift tax otherwise no. they couldn't have the car <laughs> that's ridiculous but i was thinking that sounds pretty rough but that still is not not as bad as the prizes that we used to have on bullseye because <clears throat> ev- everyone i think it's about bullseye because everyone remembers the speedboat but nobody ever mentions the fitted kitchen <clears throat> yeah. so you you get these two burly blokes who obviously don't live together um, playing darts down the pub at, on a Sunday or whatever, and they get to share a fitted kitchen and they have to go away and decide who gets a sink and who gets a cupboard and who, who gets a drawer. It's a bit judgmental, isn't it? It's like, well, they're on bully. They'll need their ass to it all. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the state of him. He's in a polo shirt. He's, he's one chance to be on telly and he's turned up in a polo shirt. <laughs> in one... A Lacoste, a Le Shark polo shirt. Well, they did. I didn't realise this, but one week they actually did like a. Um, it was it was it was clothing. You got the prize was a shopping spree. That clip is on YouTube, by the way, and their faces is brilliant. Have you yeah. have you seen it? Yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. I was trying find, to find. I'll put it on the web on the page on the Facebook. I was page. trying to find the kitchen, but I could I could only find the uh, the shopping the clothing shopping spree. 
Um, it ended yeah, in they, tragedy they then. <laughs> I can't. It didn't look. Yeah, they weren't exactly um, uh, coat hangers. These guys or clothes. What do you want? The phrase. Mannequins. They were, were close horses, were they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they were. Um, <clears throat> 2004 as well was the start of all of the, the you know, the the, the series of um, superhero films that has just pretty much ended with the Avengers Endgame. It started in 2004 when Fathers for Justice climbed up the side of Buckingham Palace. And it's from that moment that anyone took any notice of superheroes again, because I think, was it Batman or Spider-Man who climbed up Buckingham Palace? Yeah. <clears throat> and everyone thought, yeah, this is what we want to see now for the next 20 years <laughs> in the cinema. Um, <clears throat> at the cinema as well, Passion of the Christ. I went to see that. Wasn't as sexy as it sounds. Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't it was pretty grim i'll be honest with you i wasn't ready for the blood um <clears throat> plenty were, of were it. there any nudie bits in it <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not that I, remember. I haven't seen it yet i'm just wondering <laughs> it, might, it might be on netflix yeah i won't tell you what happens at the end <clears throat> so it's more it's more the passion of the christ, christ I yeah, that. yeah it sounded yeah. too far-fetched to me anyway I... <laughs> But the, uh, one little fact that I didn't realise, and it's sort of a bit a bit like um, the Peter Butterworth episode last yeah. last week, last time. Dick Van Dyke in 2004, that was the year he got his high school diploma. Because in 1944, he dropped out of high school to go and fight in the war. Wow. What a brilliant story. So was there a proper ceremony? Did he go back to his old school? And... Yeah, he did the whole thing. Yeah. Did he have to sit his exams? Or did they just... <laughs> Do you know what? I don't know. It's, uh, <clears throat> I, sort of, I sort of got the impression it was more of a, you know, honorary kind of um, diploma. But even so. Yeah. Be careful with what grades you give, you give him. He, he's only a chimney sweep. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there, again, you know, we're talking about stories and maybe that may be true, maybe urban myths with Keith Weller. Isn't there a story about an urban myth that Dick Van Dyke could actually do a really good Cockney accent, but the studio said that nobody in America would understand him. So therefore, he had to do that. He had to do that voice. Cool, boy, um, I mean. Yeah, cool, right, me, Poppins. Uh, uh, <coughs> that, that's, that's not that far-fetched, I don't think, actually. No, no. <laughs> no just because he's so genuinely talented, you, you just can't imagine that he would have... That would have been his best British accent. Yeah, yeah I can't imagine that was his best shot. Yeah. Really actually, two, 2004 was officially the start of the end of civilization because that was the year that Facebook was invented. Yeah. <clears throat> and it has been downhill ever since, to be fair. It has. A, a terrible Facebook. Is this a point we can start to say to people, follow us on our Facebook? Follow us on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah hit like. Hit like, like. If this... Uh, it's probably why we don't remember anything from 2004. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, look, someone's put a picture of a cat up. <laughs> and, and their dinner. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bless. My, my bless. mate Robbo works, works with somebody who she's probably in her early 20s and she put a picture of her vegan lunch on her Facebook page and then by four o'clock was having a proper meltdown because nobody had liked it. Oh. <laughs> Proper throwing stuff around. 
puffing around, stomping off virtually in tears because nobody had liked her vegan lunch. Well, what did it consist of? Onions and leeks, I hope. Well, I can tell you what it didn't consist of. <laughs> <laughs> if that helps. John, John trims giant onions. Were nowhere to be seen. <laughs> I'm probably involved rice. I would have thought, <laughs> which probably which probably explains why they went wrong. So there you go. Um, did, did you see in 2004, by the way? Uh, just just, and I'm, I'm saying this purely because it's, it's a trip around the Freudian nightmare that is my brain. Uh, in 2004, the Butler Inquiry released its report into the uh, weapons of mass destruction, um, uh, and and in my head immediately I just went. I hate you, weapons of mass destruction. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. I love you. Um, Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, (laughs) that was... (laughs) Anyway, so I just wanted to throw that in. Sorry, Gary. It just reminded me. That was all. I just... I think we all thought exactly the same when you said Butler report. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so uh, 2004. So what have we learned from tonight, apart from that rice is the food of the damned? Um, I don't know. I think it's a forgettable year. I, I, what, which probably explains why we forgot about it. <laughs> I have to agree with you. <laughs> I think anything after 1999 is... is I haven't... I, haven't, I just gone i haven't got any memories of it well i think we've i think we've yielded quite yeah. a bit from it really mainly revolving around death <laughs> yeah. you know. we're very good at that aren't we very comfortable around it. we're junior shipmans in many ways we're very comfortable around death junior shipmans is that a bit like junior master chef 